team, family, squadron. We've got an extremely, extremely special episode of the Landing Pad planned. We're here with Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, and overall great guy, mm-hmm. Matt Gay. We can't wait to get into it. Pick his brain a little bit, see what it takes to get to the top. But as for right now, welcome out to yet another episode of the Landing Pad. Matt Gay, how are you doing, my guy? Good, man. How you doing? Oh, hey, we're, we're doing great. This is going to be a little different of an episode. We got Johnny T on the mic. That was a last minute audible. Impromptu. Impromptu. I, was, I was trying to get the heck out of here. I got I got Guilted roped him. into this thing. Yeah, roped in. to be here with one of my all time favorite guys, Matt Gay. Thanks for Appreciate coming it. on, dude. Thanks Seriously. for staying. Appreciate no, it. no, Good we're idea. stoked. So we're we got four around the around the square table today, and we are. You all know from all of our you know locks of the week. I'm a big Rams guy, so having Matt sitting across the table, hey, it only makes sense that he is the first NFL guest sitting across the the table with us. So Matt. Good to have you, my guy. Appreciate you guys having me on. First yeah, Super no. Bowl champion, and we, us three, were <laughs> all there. Garth just took this off the off the hook. All right, we're back. <laughs> we're totally back. We're back. Difficult. Mike came off the table. It's super fun. Where to start? Our sources tell us we need to start on the topic of loyalty. Growing up, you were a, a devout Man U fan, and nowadays it's uh, it's all the Hotspurs. So so, walk us through what that decision making process was like. How'd you how'd you get uh, to become such a loyal fan of the Hotspurs? So growing up, Johnny T, I have a feeling this question came from Come from on, over bro. there. Growing up, I was definitely a Man U fan, but it more correlated with players. So I was I I heavily watched players. So growing up, I was a, a forward goal scorer. I liked watching Cristiano Ronaldo and then Rude Van Nistelrooy, uh, Berbatov, Rooney. Rooney. So these are the guys that I watched a lot, and they were all Man U players. And so it made sense. Just kind of I watched Man U a lot because I was watching these players. Um, so that that's where that that's where that <laughs> is. John staring at me. Give, give us the real give us the real reason for the switch. Come on. But then obviously, yeah, I got I got married to an English girl, Millie. Her family's born and raised in England. They're all from England. They're devout Tottenham fans. Um, Traitor. Not a trader. Not a trader. It was a. It was a player. It was abandoned it was a, the good shit. Business decision. I did not abandon the good shit. It was shit. a business decision. Business Fair. decision. Harry Kane. Uh, Harry Kane. Kane support. Goal scorer. Berbatov played for the Spurs as well. Facts. So yeah, facts. Um, that's kind of where the switch came over, and then Gareth Bell. Little Gareth Bell, and then Fergie left. Tragic. Sir Alex Ferguson left. Yeah, no. Little it's been it's been dark. Debacle. Right and then, now is kind of kind of. And you out. know who owns Man U. I do. You're not well, about it. <laughs> not about the owners. Hey, yeah, that's fair. About it's fair. Owners. It's fair game. It's there. all fair. If it was a fair question, it was a fair response. Yeah, I mean, the only problem with the whole thing is, is uh, we're talking about the wrong kind of football to start off the landing pad. <laughs> we're, we're a devout American football show. All but, right, uh, that makes sense. My, my question, we got a couple of rapid fire would you rathers. Yep. We're going to fly through these. First thing that comes to mind, we want to get your knee-jerk reaction. Oh, would you rather... Kick a game winner from 60 plus or get into the end zone on a fake field goal. Game winner from 60 plus. No hesitation, huh? No hesitation. Do you have a huge want or desire to get into the end zone eventually? Or? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I was going to say, it's got to be on the bucket list. <laughs> my, mind's, my mind's constantly spinning with fakes, and I'm trying to draw them up. <laughs> the fake punts are a little bit more like relevant and easier to do. Sure. Fake field goals are definitely tough, and they've you know, faded out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Defenses are just so smart, and it's just like they always bail one guy out on field goals, so it just makes it tough. But it's definitely a goal of mine. I mean, the last guy to do it, I think, was Sanders in Miami. They did a little fake field goal. He got, he caught a touchdown pass. That was sick. It's electric. So, yeah. At one point in time, I might have to just call my own number and just, <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> Pick the ball up and start running. He's holding it. I just give the scoop it and run. The, the, yeah. on. So, so a follow-up with that then, Matt. If you got in the end zone, I know you've thought about this too. What is your celly? <laughs> wow. Oh, 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 
and all yeah, that. No, that that's fitting. Uh, yeah, I'd have you to. Wearing the cleats. I'd have to. Maybe a little bowling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they fall down. Get the, get the team it. to line You've up. Thought I thought about it. About he a did. He did. I looked it up, and there's a YouTube video. That says Matt Gay laying the wood. You do have a nice tackle. I got a couple. <laughs> I got a couple. I You're say. not a small kicker. No, I'm not small, but I'm also not the most athletic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you get in those situations. You just do what you got to do. But yeah, no, it is. You, I you made it happen. happen. I made it happen. You, you get the yeah. job done. You always run have. a little weird, but I'm pretty quick. Yeah, you always have. All right, next rapid-fire question. Would you rather have dinner with the Rams offense or the Rams defense? One night, dinner, party, have a good time. Oh, my gosh. Offense. Yeah, who who, who, who won the offense? That was a business decision there. <laughs> offense would be probably a little bit more boring. Some good conversation, but I would... Not as rowdy. Not as rowdy. No. And, you know... Married, you like those wife, guys, yeah. Though. I like yeah, those yeah. guys. So I, should, I think there'd be a little bit more. My scene. Oh, I love that. Yeah. All right. Last up. This was actually from uh, Johnny T right here. A uh, week long golf trip with the boys. Hopefully, the wives listen to this one. You get you answer the right. You get the right answer. We fl- or a week, week long, long golf Disney trip with the boys trip with <laughs> the fam. Doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, what was it? <laughs> done. Yeah. Correct answer. Doesn't Correct matter. Correct answer. What was the next? I didn't even hear. Uh, week long Disney trip with the fam. Golf trip with the boys. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, Millie, Millie, Millie you're not would deliver, we, and you, you totally did. My kids, too, at the age right now for Disney, it's a no-go. It would not be good. So, yeah, two, golf trip with the boys. Two boys, Oliver and... Oaks. Oaks. Yeah. Ages three and a half and one and a half, a little older than one and a half. And I heard the PGA Tour has been reaching out. Oh, yeah. want to do some photo shoots. They think they have a lot of potential. They got a lot of potential, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get them in lessons early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. we'll see. <laughs> So flying through some of the basics up before we get into to all the mean potatoes and yada yada. Accolades to start, two-time first team, all Pac-12, Lou Groza Award. Yes, sir. You'd love it. <laughs> Consensus All-American. We get started and botch Lou's top, name there. Top, the, that's the top kicker, kicker in, in the college, nation. Yeah. Yeah, in college yeah. football. Consensus All-American, Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ, not to mention knocked out the go- NFC Championship game. Not a bad, uh, not a Sorry, bad something to have in the belt. As far as as far as maybe not so much accolades, but what you would want the listeners to know about you, what would you say we should know about Matt Gay? Um, that it wasn't always football. Um, I grew up playing soccer with John. I mean, it was always soccer was the plan growing up, and that's was the only option. Um, I've kind of always said that I was going to play professional sports, and at first it was the goal to play soccer and. I was really committed to playing soccer throughout my whole life. Um, things took a turn and, you know, took a little bit of a risk and quit soccer and jumped over to football and tried to, to make that happen. But um, took some risks, you know, believed in myself, went for it. Um, but I think I think mainly like what I want people to know is like I'm just a regular dude. Just like – yeah. I like to chill, hang out with my friends, golf, golf, have a wife, some family. Like there's more important things to me than what I do in life as a husband and a father and a friend. And that's just kind of like, yeah, I'm just a, just a normal dude that wants to just hang out with his friends and family and chill. So, no, I love that dude. And even going off of that, I was listening to Jimmy Rex's podcast with you here at the rookery round right two, yeah, round, two. Right, round two is I love that. You're like, dude, I professional sports was always like, you always thought that was going to be my path. Yeah. Which a lot of people, right? Like they have that dream fizzles quick, right? They don't get mm-hmm. into college. They don't play where they want to play. They don't get the offers, whatever it may be. What from your childhood, like instilled a belief that like, yeah, I actually could do, I actually think I can do this, whether it be soccer or football, whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just always, even talking to my parents growing up, it was just like, there was never a plan B. It was just like, I'm going to do this. And even I wasn't, I I think it was probably a false belief in myself at early ages, like almost sort of like an arrogance. Like I thought I was better than I was. And it kind of hit me too. When we were playing ODP, I thought statewide team, every team in every age group has a, there's 18 players for the state of Utah. Eight. They pick a Utah team, a California team. And um, we started playing ODP in my first year. I was like, I just 
it was I was cocky. I yeah. thought I was the best player in Utah. I thought I was the best ever. And the coach actually, after the fact, told me that I was I was out. Like I was not going to make the team. It came down to like our last game in like the qualifiers, and I ended up like playing really well. I scored like a hat trick, and that's what got me in. He said I was 18 of 18. Like I was the last player to get in on that team, and I was kind of like. Oh, like I did not see it that way. Yeah. And um, that's kind of like where I was like, oh, maybe I wasn't as good as I thought I was or whatever. But just that false belief, that confidence that I had always. And even if you ask, like, well, what are you going to go for school for? It's like, I'm not going to school. Like, I'm going to play soccer. Like, I'm going professional. Like, what are you going to do? I'm I'm moving to England. I'm going to play in the program. Like, it was just like a constant desire to, to do it and the work. I remember going to the field by my house for four hours at a time with just like one one ball and shooting it, running, grabbing the ball, coming back, shooting it, running, grabbing the ball, coming back. It's just like, that's all I wanted to do. Where did the love for soccer come from? Your dad, mom, did, or just you just picked it up and were good at it? Yeah, I had older, I'm the youngest of eight kids. Um, I had two older brothers that really played um, competitive soccer. And so I think just Sick. being the youngest growing up and going to their games all the time, watching them play is where I really picked it up and just fell in love with it. And then, from a really young age, just yeah, just just loved it, committed to it. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing uh, reflecting on Matt as a kid uh, in the seat. You know, I was excited to listen to this podcast, and then out as Matt is speaking about it, is actually is super true. So, and I'll actually get to talk about our team a little bit. You know, brag a little bit because we were legit. Uh, you know, we legit, took state yeah. like five times, but mo- you know, like three of those was before Matt came and played with us. <clears throat> And he came from a different team down here in Orem. Our team was up in Layton, and we, you know, we pl- practiced twice a week. So they were driving an hour one way, you know, twice a week. Our games were mostly up north. And Matt was, I mean, Matt came over. We gave him a way hard time when he did. Uh, and he was like a good player. Uh, a hard time, that's to say it lightly. <laughs> we're kind of brutal on him. Uh, but that was like to say it lightly. Like, he was, like, really good. He had a rocket. He's always had, like, a rocket, get out of the way, like, free kick. like, like And so that's why when he started kicking, I was like, oh, yeah, Matt's going to be, like, really good at this because he can kick it way harder. Uh, what's interesting is he very quickly started to, like, rise and become one of the best players, then very quickly, like, the best player on the team. He got selected by the U.S. national team, like, U17, U18. Yeah. He moved He moved out to Florida for, like, a couple months. A couple months, yeah. Uh, and then was like, hey, this is like my full-time thing. Came back, UVU, like Rose was an incredible player at UVU. And then switched. And so I think, you know, just to kind of double down, like a lot of us were way good. That wasn't ever like the goal. Like, oh, we're going to go play like professional soccer. Yeah. Where Matt was always pretty fixated on that. Given that that was like what you were fixated on, that was the vision from the time what it sounds like you were a, a yeah. kid. What did the decision-making process look like, both logically, emotionally, spiritually, all the things for you going and eventually transitioning into football? What did that look like? What was the time frame? What were the major things that, that led to you making like such a huge jump Yeah, going, frankly, off course from what you had visioned for your whole life? Well, it's funny you actually say spiritually. So I'll talk on something spiritually. Um, so I'm LDS. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints um, growing up. I was so fixated on being a professional soccer player that the mission for me was a no. Like, it's going to be soccer. Like, and if I'm going to give, I knew giving away two years of my life and going out there and doing that was like, basically, I was axing being a professional soccer player. Like, colleges and stuff like that aren't going to want it. If I'm going to go pro, it's going to be young. I'm going to be 18 or something like that, and I can't give that up. And so all my buddies left when they were 19. I didn't go. I stayed. I was training with Real Salt Lake at the time. I was playing at UVU, and I had a really, really good first year at UVU. I was like freshman, one of the freshman players of the year, all whatever whack, whack yeah, team. You were on the team. Um, and things were looking really good. There was talks of Real Salt Lake. There was things like that. And so I was like, hey, you have another good year. Like you might be a homegrown player. They might bring you on to Real Salt Lake. Sick Mohawk at the time too. Sick little mm-hmm. Mohawk at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A little bit lighter. <laughs> um, you got quick. That's the other thing, too. Like, you yeah. were not fast, and all of a sudden in college, you, like, put in the work, and you became quick. Put in the work, got quick. I mean, that's, I think, we've seen that as the 
we didn't strength and condition or do anything like that, but I think that's something that's really up and coming now with sports yeah. is the strength and conditioning. And then in that year of when the season ended to that next year, I actually had a pretty cool spiritual experience that basically was like, I got to go serve a mission. Wow. And it basically boils down to, I know this isn't a spiritual podcast or whatever, basically, no, basically, basically boils down to like, um, I was reading up and watching things about Christ and his atonement. And it gets to the part where he's suffering in the garden of Gethsemane. And he basically begs his father in heaven. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is hard. Please take this cup away from me. Like, I don't want to do this. It's like, but if it be thy will, like that will be done. Like I'll do it. And it was like, Holy cow. Like Christ didn't want to do that, but he did it anyway because he loved his father in heaven. And it was like, I may not want to serve a mission, but I love my father in heaven. And I was like, and if that's what he's asked us to do and wants us to do, I'll do it. And so I made the decision. I was like, I'm going to go serve a mission. I went and told Greg Moss, said, Hey, and he kind of looked at me like he was pissed. You're he's crazy. Pissed. Yeah. Like he's crazy, intense guy, crazy, intense. He was the one who was kind of facilitating the talks of Grasso Lake and things like that. And he was like, listen, like, what are you, this is it. Like yeah. it's happening. Like, what are you? And I was like, I know I, I got to go on a mission. And so I left one of my mission. Um, Did all your siblings go on missions? Um, most of them. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. I had two brothers that went, and then two brothers that didn't go, and then my other brother went. So, yeah, I, so not I a had, ton of crazy pressure from like no. the family to go either. My parents were never pressured on it. Like, you do what you want to do. It was never a thing that was like I felt judged or like couldn't cool. go. I'm from my family. Papa John. Yeah. Is chill. Yeah. My dad's <laughs> my Q? dad's pretty chill. chill. <laughs> So they were they were really really easy on it, and uh, so I left one of my mission, um, went to Houston, came back from a mission. I'd gained some weight on my mission, and so when I got back, I was having trouble getting back into soccer shape, soccer fitness. My year back that I came from UVU was really frustrating. Um, I've never not really played on a team, mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting minutes. I wasn't playing. I wasn't fit enough to play. And that's someone, someone mentioned to me like, Hey, have you ever thought about kicking? Like I know someone that can maybe connect you. And that's when the thought stirred in my head. It was like, interesting. Hey, soccer's not really going how I wanted it to, or thought it was going to be. Maybe I'll, I'll give this a go. And that's when I made the decision. I was like, Hey, I'm then I talked to Greg after that year and said, I'm going to try and go kick footballs. And he thinks he's like, yeah, I think it's the best decision. Soccer's not going your way. Um, and I quit. I left the scholarship I was on at UVU and went and bought some footballs, went to my high school field, watched videos of NFL kickers and kind of the steps, the three and two, how to do it, and kind of just taught myself the basics and how to kick and went from there. And uh, I don't know what the the question was that we you even asked, but yeah, that's no, yeah, yeah. kind of how. Your story, how did you become, so you're speaking exactly, to exactly So yeah, then for. Yeah. if you want me to keep, you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Sure. So then uh, got couple of people interested in at the point I didn't really care where I kicked. Yeah. I was like, hey, I just need a place to kick. You're a BYU fan though. You wanted to go to BYU, right? Um, not as because I, I didn't grow up watching football or care. So BYU never had a soccer program or yep. nobody really there's no <laughs> soccer program around here. So yeah, no. I didn't I didn't really grow up watching BYU. My my parents are BYU fans and You didn't care. You just I didn't care. So I was like, I need me. anywhere to What's kick. What's the angle NFL? You're still like, okay. Still going pro though. So yeah, it was it was like door. listen. If I'm doing this, I'm going. I'm doing it to go to the NFL. Like I'm not doing this to just go to college or get For a degree. Sure. Like I'm doing this to go to the NFL. And Utah had a camp in the summer, and I was like, oh, I'll go to that camp in the summer. Then an opportunity came up with BYU. It was like, hey, you can come do a little tryout at BYU. I even went down like a tryout at like Snow College. Um, got offered at Snow. Then I did the trial with BYU, and fair enough, th- this story always gets swayed. Like, BYU passed on me, and I think they get a little bad rap on it. Yeah. Because rightfully so, I was what? Hadn't kicked a football. Really, I have no film on me. I'm six years out of high school, four five years out of high school. They had four kids on scholarship, or kickers that they had on the team. They they thought I was good. They knew I was good and that I had potential. Yeah. But for them to just come in here and say, hey, yeah, we're going we're gonna to take you. Is it, it's a big yeah over you know, the like, other four guys on over the other four guys who have played high school they've kicked their whole lives they have film on them like I have no film you saw me kick one time like yeah so in, in their defense like I understand why not like yeah. I understand why 
looking back, it's easy to say like, "Oh, BYU passed on me." Like, but hindsight, hindsight, yeah. yeah. So then I went to Utah's camp, ended up winning Utah's camp. They offered me a walk-on spot. Um, Weber State uh, was there at the camp as well, and they offered me a scholarship. And at the time, I had one year of eligibility left because I'd lost a year for my mission. And I was like, well, if I have one year to do this, I need to be able to kick at the best school possible yeah, on the to get my stage. biggest stage, to get my name out there, to get this out there. And so I was like, well, if I can't kick at Utah, if I can't be the starting kicker at Utah, I can't kick in the NFL. So I said, I'm going to walk on to Utah. I had to wait. I was one of the ones on the outside. I couldn't get into fall camp right away. I think like three days into camp, someone got hurt and they opened yeah. up a spot. They said, okay, you're good. Come on in. Be at practice tomorrow. Um, started kicking with the other guys and it then became down to me and one other guy and he was their scholarship kid was all American whatever came back from a mission he was a freshman so it was us battling got to the first game he got the start um and ended up missing his first kick in the game and it was no easy first kick I mean it's his first college kick yeah it's like a 45 yarder and he missed it by like a foot and the coach came to me and was like, hey, you got the next one. And I was like, I thought it was a little brutal to pull the kid after one first ever kick. Um, but opportunity yeah. comes and, you know. And he, never saw the, and he never saw the field. And then, yeah, after, after that. that, he. So <laughs> I, I went and made one and kind of got on a little streak. and Forget about it. Yeah. Dude, fast forwarding, that that's super cool. And then obviously fast forwarding, you then get drafted. Well, you had an amazing college mm-hmm. career. You get drafted fifth round as a kicker by the Bucks. Yeah. Right, dude. This is something that we were talking about beforehand. Your first year in Tampa obviously didn't go exactly how you would have drawn yeah, it up. Right. Sure. Like we got like the stats, right? And we like called this out before. Like you had a 77% field goal mm-hmm. percentage, right? You end up getting cut from the Bucks that the Rams pick you up the next year. The craziest thing, though, you went from 77 that next half year with the Rams, 87.5%, and then the last two years. 94% with your field goals. Mm-hmm. Like it is right. Pro Bowl, that first full year with the Rams, Super Bowl, like the whole dude, you just from 77 to 94. The question that we really wanted to ask is, dude, what changed? What changed yeah. from year one with Tampa to your first year one with the Rams? So I think there there's a few things that go into this. Yeah. Please. So first of all, my first year, and I'm not there's no just understand there's no excuses on this in the matter. Like, let's my first year in Tampa, I wasn't good enough and I was very inconsistent. Um, and that relates just to me as a whole, everything I was doing as, as a total. Um, but my first year in the NFL was my third year kicking ever. So I'm new to kicking. I've it's, I've never really had a kicking coach or like a technique coach. It was more just like a soccer thing where it's like, see the spot, hit the, hit the ball, like all feel, and I still, I'm still pretty much of a field kicker, um, but I didn't understand what it meant to kick in the NFL. I don't think in college there's a lot of blowouts, there's a lot, a lot of like pressure or things that go into it. And so in the NFL, like these games are tight every single week. Like you're one point, two point wins, and so that first extra point in the first quarter could be the difference in the game. It's not always the game winner. It's like, hey, you missed an extra point in the first quarter. Like, that's points on the board. We lost by one. Like, could have been, yeah. Um, and so it was really getting an understanding what it means to be a pro's pro and, like, about my routine, like, what I'm doing throughout the week that, that lead into game day, how I'm carrying myself all the time. And then also just, like, cleaning up some technique. I, I changed some technique and things like that that helped simplify – you know, my kicking style, make things a little bit, take a little bit, take a little bit out of it. So there's less to go wrong, I would say. Um, and I think in Tampa, what I didn't, we didn't really vibe me and Tampa never really vibed together. Me, the coaches kicking is such a confidence thing in a belief, it's a belief thing. thing. Yeah. And I don't think in Tampa I ever really had or felt they like believed or had my back or I mean they drafted me but I mean it's like you miss a kick and practice and they're what happened this and this they're like analyzing every little thing and that leads to like oh gosh please don't please don't miss this because then they're gonna freak out or this and that and so I think in my own mind 
and more so it's probably my own mind. I was, I was more worried in my own mind. This, they were putting pressure on me. Um, as opposed to when I got cut, I was able to go to Indianapolis for their practice squad for like eight weeks and really just kind of like let go of all that stress and that pressure and just <clears throat> without even the pressure of like, I got to kick in a game this weekend. Just like I can just kick. Yeah. I can learn. I can just kick freely and learn and like, I can go out there and like work on something without the fear of missing or this and that and just kind of just, you know, be free again and just kind of kick. My wife always would be like, you're Matt, you're Matt Gay. Like kick how Matt Gay would kick. And it was kind of just like, okay, well, how would I kick? Like, how did I kick at Utah? How did I kick? Like I kicked free. I just kicked like, see the ball, hit the ball. And that's that time in Indianapolis was really good for me to just kind of get back to like, who I was just being an athlete, just being an athlete, it, 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 see the ball, hit the ball, you know, see your spot, kick the ball there. Like, and that's when I got picked up by the, the Rams and was able to kind of come in after that reset of, of everything. And just, and then my first game back in the NFL with the Rams was Monday night football in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And so I remember when I got signed by the Rams, I looked at the schedule and I saw that and I looked at my wife and said, you're not going to believe this. And it was like, well, I'm playing in Tampa on Monday night football. And we both kind of had a little bit of like a freak out, like, yeah. holy cow. All right. Um, and that was a lot of emotion for me to deal with because my time in Tampa wasn't good. Left kind of on bad terms. I don't feel like the, the fan base, I lost, I missed some game winners. So I think the fan base was kind of somewhat against me there. Yeah. So going back to that hostile environment with the Rams was there's a lot of, I was feeling it. I was feeling stress, feeling pressure and uh, was able to go in there and, and play well with the Rams. And you guys, I, you guys won that game too. We won. I'm sure I made some money off James Fox off that game. He has won <laughs> yeah. by, I think right. seven or something. We were at that's FHE right. watching the game, that's right. but it was a huge game because I yeah. made one and then I missed one. Yeah. And I remember after I missed one, I came to the side. It was, I've never met McVay. I've been with the team for two days and McVay comes and goes, Hey man, you're good. Like, we're going to need you in this game. Like, we got your back. We got you. So sick. Cool. And that moment was like. He believes in me. Yeah. I have never met this guy or talked to this guy really. Like, I've been here for two days. He believes in me. Like, and I was like, oh, all right. Like, and I ended up coming in and hitting a field goal with like two minutes left and went to, yep. win, the, to win the game. Yep. So that was kind of a moment for me. It was like, all right, this guy believes in me. Like, his team believes in me. And that gives me confidence. And, you know, you can go out there and play. Yeah, we talked, we've talked about this where you felt like in the previous situation, it was almost like somebody was waiting for you to mess up a little yeah. bit. Where in the next situation, it was like, I'm the guy. They believe in me. Yeah. Like I can f- be free to have confidence. 100%. Yeah. And that made all the difference for you. All the difference. I'm a devout, for the listeners of the landing pad, they know I'm a devout Colin Cowherd guy. Okay. And I, yeah. I'm a firm believer that, like, I like Colin too. owner, GM, coach matters because it reflects in the locker room and culture. Yeah. Speaking on the difference from even just in the locker room from one place to the next, because of the palpable belief that, like, Sean has in you and mm-hmm. I'm sure the rest of the guys, does it feel different day to day, feel different in the facility, feel different to the approach? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Sean's a guy that's like, he'll laugh and joke with you and he talks with the players and he's young and he relates. And so guys feel like they can talk to the coach and players, like communicate. With, and, you know, the GMs, you can talk and they say hi to you. Whereas in Tampa for me, it was like, not that way. Like it was, it wasn't that vibe. You couldn't really, you kind of walk past people and people wouldn't say anything and just kind of a vibe. And I think previously, a couple of years before I was there, they had drafted Aguayo in like the second round. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out for them. Yeah. And so I think they had kicker like a little sour taste in their little mouth. Sour taste from kicker. Yeah. So when they drafted another kicker, I feel like the whole fan base kind of like was like, uh, here we yeah. go again. Like, and I feel like they were just like waiting for me again to like screw up almost. Um, but it just changes the vibe in the locker room. I feel like in LA, it was like even the big names like AD and Jalen, those guys talk to you and you can talk to them. And it's, there's nobody that's like too big or too cool. It's just like, it's a really good vibe. And I think they do. They did a good job um, building the locker room with with guys that they like. What are some after having played for for Coach Whittingham, for Coach mm-hmm. Arians, for for all these like great, really uh, storied coaches over the last couple of years you've been playing? What are you looking for in like the perfect locker room, the perfect coach, the perfect leader? What are Matt Gay's qualities that he's looking for in in leadership? Um, somebody that 
isn't like I would I would say like someone's not power hungry like he's not he knows everything it's his way or the highway I think a good leader is someone who has his idea of what what's good and he knows which way they're going but is also open to like hey these guys are coming with me and this is my crew what's your input like I'm leading this company but how can we make it better what do you think would do better like I want to talk to you I want to I'm also not above you either like we're here and we're all going the same way. I think that's a big thing. Difference too, between college and the NFL is like colleges, like coaches here and there yep. you, you got a class follow and follow figure and yeah. things like that. Whereas the NFL, it's like, Hey, we're all grown men. This is all our job. We're all getting paid to do this. We're here. We're here. Like, and I think it's, it's some qualities that I, that I look for is just like, we're, we're equal. He wants, he has his vision and, he wants to bring people along with his vision, but he's also not opposed to taking, you know, constructive criticism and advice from others on how we make it better and how we improve and how we all get there together as opposed to like, hey, I'm going to run and get ahead of you guys and I'm going to do my thing, but we're all going there together. I think so that's, that's key bonus. Yeah. I think that's so insightful. We have a graphic at the grit we share every year in different trainings of the difference between a boss and a leader. Mm hmm. And the boss, the graphic is like, he's on the throne. Yeah. Like, you know, like this is where we're going, like directing people. Mush. You know, yep. mush, exactly. Yeah. And a leader is out in front, like with the guys. Pulling the pulling, same thing. Like, pulling, like mm -hmm. here we go together, like we're doing this all together. And from a coaching standpoint, it's an interesting thought of like, it's very much the same vibe of like, look, I'm at the top, like this is the, like this is what we're doing, period. And like, hey, here's where we're going. Like, let's do it together. What are yeah. you, you know? What I think that's a super insightful. Yeah, for sure. And and seeing Sean, right? Like, I feel like Sean, you know, same thing. Follow a lot with the Rams. Like, he's just he seems like a good guy, right? He's yeah. always joking. He's always like in the trenches with the squad, right? And it's like I think that that's something that is a super great characteristic of a, man, of a leader, coach, manager. Yeah, is just being in the trenches with your squad, right? For sure. So that being said, moving on to your experience, just finishing up with Tampa, right? Like. We wanted to touch on the adversity that you've dealt with as, I mean, you've only been in yeah. the NFL now four years mm -hmm. total, right? And you've already gone through after your rookie year, dude, you had such a great college career. Tampa doesn't go according to plan. What was going through your head when you were sitting at the desk with whoever it was saying like, hey, Matt, like this isn't going to work out. Yeah. What What were you thinking at that moment? You're like, oh, maybe I'm done or no, I've got to get back. To, like what, what was that moment like for you? Yeah, well, it was never I'm done. No. Um, I, I kind of looked at them with like, you're going to do this again. Like you, it didn't work out with the kicker one year later, you get rid of them and it's like, all right, whatever. And it was kind of like, you're going to do this again. Like you, you give all these other positions quarterbacks five years to like figure it out. All these, other, it's like, we're just one year. Like, and I get, I get kicking his points and it's, it's a position that they feel like is something that can be replaceable and it's a little bit less valued as a quarterback. Um, but it was kind of like, all right, well, you're going to do this again. Like you, you drafted me, you believed in me, you did this. And now we're going to, we're get to this point. One season, one season. I get it. Wasn't up to par and you know, but, but I'm a rookie. I'm a rookie, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, you yeah. know? And just so, to, sorry, go ahead. And there you go. And just like, I, yeah, I was just like, we're going to do this again. Like one year, like you, you know that I have, like you, you obviously saw something in me and it was kind of like, all right, well, back to basics like i gotta i gotta figure some stuff out mentally i get you know like that's why the time in india i gotta i gotta get back to it was good for me to kind of cut ties and get away from the environment there and it was like all right i just need a job and at the point i mean it was like i need to go anywhere like i don't care where i kick i don't care what happens i just need a job i need to get back in it and i can wherever i go i can show them that you know i am Matt Gay. Uh, yeah, I'm Matt Gay. I'm, I'm, I can do this. And I knew I can do this the whole time. I know I can do it. And it was just kind of back to square one. Um, make sure I got the family back to a place where, because I knew I was going to be kind of out and about and going on. So I make sure I got my family back to home, back to Utah, where she had her family and my family, and she could have support and help, because I knew I was probably going to be on the road and going away. And so we did that very quickly. I got home, and I think I was home for like 12 hours, and my agent was like, hey, you're going on some workouts going here and here and here and yeah because you had a you had a, <clears throat> a home in tampa i know because you called me for pest control 
Yeah. We, we, we set him up. Set me up. Shout out to Active. And then, so I just want to clarify, Max, I think it's super interesting. You were at, and maybe, but what seems like potentially like a low in your career of football. Yeah. You know, at the U, you were the guy mm-hmm. very quickly. It was like a meteoric rise. Yep. And then right into getting drafted, the the first kicker yeah. in the whole draft, I yeah. think, that year, right? So couldn't have gone better. You start kicking. You miss. I mean, I remember watching. I think it was the Giants game, yeah. right? Like, game winner, you miss. You get cut. What would seem like the lowest of lows. And there wasn't any self-doubt. There wasn't any, like, dude, I don't know if this thing's for me. Yeah. I don't know if, like, this whole football thing's going to work out. There wasn't any of that. And it was just like, no, I know I'm the guy. I just need to go find the right situation. Yeah. I need to put in the work, which you did. I remember, yeah, like training the videos, like all the time. And like, I believe in myself. I believe this is going to work out. Hundred percent. No self doubt. It was like we're going to make this work. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's awesome. We're, yeah, we're going to make this work. This is what I've chosen. This is what I'm doing. Um, there's going to be low points in anybody's life, right? But like, I think you just got to keep. I mean, just one one step at a time. You just got to keep stepping forward. Again, putting in the work, though, as well, is, like, another thing. You can't just keep aimlessly chasing ghosts. Like, if I would have just stayed with what I was doing, which obviously wasn't working, it, it wouldn't. Yeah. the same results. Expecting the same results. Yeah. It, I wouldn't have. I had to change something. And so being able to change my process, my technique, yeah. certain things that are just going to, like, I wasn't opposed to to making these changes and going forward to like better myself i mean what why would i keep doing what i'm doing if it's not working type thing and just yeah just keep just keep pushing keep going in my opinion kicking in the nfl is probably like a one of the most stressful and b <laughs> one of the most thankless jobs in the world like you're expected to make everything you look yeah. at which is just not realistic. Like, if everyone looked at me and said, you got to sell every door you knock, one, I'd be super stressed. But, <laughs> yeah. but I'd be like, dude, this is, not how, this is not how that goes. And so my question is, what does your process become? Like, how have you fine-tuned your process for how Matt deals with pressure? Because I feel like there's very few jobs, maybe in the world, yeah, where, like, the stakes feel as high. Now, granted, there's some life and death stuff that's probably going to take the cake. But as far as, like, pressure jobs, I just can't think of a whole ton that have as much weight as an NFL kicker. So what's your process for how to deal with it, how to process it, yeah. how to push through it? So I think early, go back to that Giants game, early in my career, um, had a game winner. And I think I was so, I'm going to make this. Oh my gosh, everyone's going to go crazy. I'm going to celebrate. Uh, I'm going to do this. And you go out there and I'm not, I'm not nervous. Like I'm, you know, like I'm not, I'm not nervous. I'm going to make this, I'm this. And I'm nervous. You were nervous. Okay, I was yeah. about to ask. You were nervous. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was like, I, was like, I, think, I think everybody gets nervous. Just to I think set the stage a little bit, right? Like Giants, <laughs> you guys are t- down one or two. Down one. Down one, they drive the field. and then Mike Evans, yeah, we had a huge play to Mike yep. Evans. Like, shouldn't have been a field goal. I'm expecting a long one. We get a huge yeah. play. It's now a 34-yarder. 34-yarder. They set it up. Like they set it up. Chip shot. Got it all. We're going to win the game. I go out there. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not nervous. Like, I'm gonna make this. And it's gonna be sick. It's exciting. I'm gonna you celebrate. Already thinking about. I'm already thinking about celebrating. Past this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What color Gatorade's getting dumped? Yeah, the whole night. <laughs> and yeah. you know, I go out there and <laughs> push it, and I just watch it go right. And it's like, then you really start to think, like, holy cow! Like, I just, I miss that. Everyone starts booing. People like your teammates are disappointed, and you just lost the game, and. Now looking at these, like how I deal with, and I think even Justin Tucker has spoken on this recently. Like he's like, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit nervous for all these kicks. Like I am like, it's yeah. natural. It's normal. But to like acknowledge that, like, I think you have to deal with the emotions that they come and then work through them. You can't suppress them. Cause when you suppress them, if I'm nervous and I suppress it, all my body does is just like I tense up. up. I tighten up everything. If I say, okay, I'm nervous here. How do I deal with this? Okay, let's just take some deep breaths. Let's calm the body. What's my process? My process is I jog out there, two dry swings, pick my spot, take my steps back. I focus on the process, the results will happen. So I think if I stay in my process, or not worried about what's happening after the fact, what's going to be staying in the moment and acknowledge, hey, 
I'm nervous here. Let's work through it. What do I got to, what do I have to do to make this kick? Yeah. I have to stay in my process, do what I do every single time on every single kick and go out there, make sure I get, you know, deep breath, acknowledge that work through it. Okay. Now I'm excited. Let's work through Like I, I'm, I know that I can make this kick. Yeah. Like I, it's no different. I go out there, I make all these kicks. I'm 90, whatever percent. And chances are I'm making this kick. Did you feel thing. right? Like, cause now I'm thinking back to the bucks Rams game with the NFC championship game. Like, do you ever almost have like flashbacks? You're like, Oh man, the giants game. Like, like Cooper cup just made this catch. I'm back on the threat. I think it was literally yeah. like the 30 yard Fumble, line. The, I mean, the craziest game ever. Yeah. Insane. Did, did in that moment where you like, do you ever go back to the kicks that you miss? Or are you just like, all right, this kick, this kick, this kick. No, move on, move on. That's Sick. So far in the past. As no, that kick has no correlation on this next kick. Yeah. Even like the even the fact that like I missed one of that game too, that NFC Championship game. Yeah. Um. The fact like what happened on that previous kick has no correlation with this next kick, whether I made it or missed it. Dude, and I love that. I think that is so that pertains to so many different whether it's golf, right, dude? Your yeah. previous your golf swing. Your swing. shot doesn't, dude. No correlation. Zero correlation. Same with right with what we do with knocking doors. For Did sure. you get a hard no at a door? Three houses over, dude, it doesn't matter. Next door, it's a Next new door, door. Yeah. it's a new person, it's a new case scenario. But if you bring it, right, if, yeah. if, if all of a sudden you're like, dude, well, that, that one time I was on the 34-yard line and I missed that one and there was a game winner. And like, dude, all of a sudden you're like, yeah. you start bringing getting that your, with you. One person's rude on the door, you're bringing that with you every single door. Everyone's going to be. Forget, it doesn't matter if you're kicking a kick or if you're closing deal. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter. They're so independent. And I think the greats understand that. Yeah. Right? 100%. So I the, do I, I yeah, do want yeah. to hammer on what Matt just said and I, I love it. Like the clip it, right? Like trust the process, mm-hmm. focus on the process, the results will come. Yeah. I was in a recruiting 100%. meeting last night and a lot of the goats in the industry, uh, they say focus on the sowing, yeah, not the reaping. Like you focus on what you did, right? Like the results, the celebration, the Gatorade, that. like it's really hard to have success. You focus on the process, you focus on the sowing. Like, you're going to get the results yeah, you want. For sure. Marry the process, date the results. Yeah. So I, I, the, what I'm hearing, and it, it's so applicable, like Art said, to life, to sales, to kicking, to success in general, it's having a, like a way firm understanding that what I'm doing right now, my process for whatever it is that I'm trying to be successful at, really has very little to do with the outcome. All you can control is the input anyways. So I, yeah. I hear all I, I'm hearing Matt talk about dealing with pressure and learning how to focus on the input. And I think about some of our guys, even though it's entirely different, but it really is the same dilemma. These guys go out with huge goals, trying to do golden doors, sell a ton, break records. And all of a sudden they get halfway through April and they're like, whoa, I am way behind pace. I am way yeah. not on track. And I think there's two options. You could either one buy into that and buy into the narrative that, Oh, it's not for me. Oh, like th- this wasn't th- this wasn't ever the play. This wasn't ever the thing that I should be doing. Or you can go the other way and say, no, I just need to keep working on my input, change of scenery, change of process. So and I, I think it's so applicable, which is one of the big reasons why I wanted to have you on. Yeah. Just to close, Matt. Obviously, one of the things that from your other podcasts and, and having heard you speak a couple times, one of the things that I feel like is most impressive about you is that it's so much more than football. So I guess to to close. What's the vision for Matt Gay over the next 5, 10, 15 years? Do you have already stewing up plans for what life looks like post-football? Do you want to do it for 20 years? Do you foresee yourself kicking as long as you can? What does it look like? What's the vision for, for the Gay family? It's funny. I got asked this question um, the other day. It was like, well, how, how, many, like, how, many, how long do you want to play? How many years do you want to play? Especially and, for a kicker yeah. where it's like a couple years, 25 years. Yeah. Like you look at some kickers, for sure. literally 20 years and – so it's a huge range for your position. It's a huge range, and obviously, that being said, to those kickers, they've obviously done really, really well, and they've been able to play for that long, and they've taken care of their bodies. And it's an interesting aspect when you talk about goals because you obviously, I'm sure, I don't know if you tell your reps to have lofty goals, like, hey, let's go break ref- for right. sure. So like, but again, it's like when you get caught up in the goals, and then you're also not achieving them, and then it's like, are you then? Do you switch it and you're like, oh, I'm down. I'm not going to hit those goals. And when I first got in the league, it was like, yeah, I'm going to get them get to the league. And then it's like, okay, I got my first year. And it's like, okay, I, 
Now I've got two years. Like, I think every year I get, it's like, holy cow. If you would have told me I had four years in the NFL, you know, when I started kicking at Utah, I would have been like ecstatic. Like, are you kidding me? I, I, and now it's like, okay, you've had some success and start, you start turning like, maybe I want 10 years, maybe I want 15 years. But it's like, if I, I don't, I try not to focus on, I have those goals. I think I want to play 10, 15 years. But I think for me, my focus is in like, let's just have another good year. Let's, let's, let's stack the process, right? Let's have a good off season here and let's get back to it. And let's have a good preseason. Let's make sure I'm doing the things I'm going to do. And then it's, let's have a good game. Let's go out there. Let's, let's make this kick. Okay. That kick's done. I made that kick. How do I make this next kick? Let's make this next kick. So it's like just the short-term goals, the long-term goals will happen as the process comes, I think. And I have those long-term goals um, with football and I want to play for a long time. Um, But I think for me, I try and stay focused in, you know, right now, hey, let's have a good offseason. Let's get the body feeling good. Let's get back to where, you know, I can go in this next season and be healthy and I can kick well. And um, that's football. And then I think for me, I definitely want to maximize. I was talking to my father-in-law, who's a businessman, very successful. And uh, he's he's like, listen, I can, I can do this until I die. I can be a businessman until I'm 80, until I'm 85. He's like, you're in the NFL for this much of your life. So you have to maximize your earnings because you're making good money now. You got to max it for what, 10 years, let's say. And then what do I do after that? He can make the money until he's 80. But for me, I have to maximize what I'm making right now. And so being able to invest that money, making sure that that money's put aside so my family's taken care of, my kids are taken care of, their kids are taken care of, is something that's very, very important to me. And it's much big picture as opposed to like, what do I want to get? What do I want to have? It's like, no, I'm doing, I did this to take care of my family. I do what I do to take care of my family. So how can I maximize that? And so for me, it's just being smart with my money, investing into the right things that will then allow me to take care of my kids and their kids, kids, and, you know, give my family a good life and give them good opportunities and (laughs) set them up for success um, at the next level when, when they're ready for it. And, you know, a couple more kids and just build my family and, you know, me and my wife can raise our kids right. And hopefully that we can teach them and they grow into strong men someday. And I can, you know, be proud of that. And that's, that's kind of the long-term goal that I have for, for me and my family is to be financially set up, financially set up our kids and to just be able to have a good marriage, good relationship and good relationship with our kids. That's a, it's like a big long-term goal for, for me and my wife that we have. I don't know about you two, but I'm over here feeling inspired. Dude, I, which, which coming from Matt, I'll tell you what is, is, is absolutely awesome. I, everything you're saying, I'm hearing focus on direction, not destination, mm-hmm. right? Like focus on the direction that you're in right now and doing the little things. It's interesting. Your rookie year, we came up to Seattle yeah. Came and watched you against the Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. And we went to dinner the night before. Yeah. Uh, I think every game you've been to, John, I've missed a kick. So <laughs> I think I you keep bringing quick, up these games, you got a quick coming. Yeah. Sorry, John is no longer. I actually thought the same thing. I think John is no I longer every, allowed. I film everyone. No longer allowed at games. But I, I think we were at Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. And we're talking, right? And it's like, cool. Like, I think we started talking about, like, well, what is the future? And I, and I remember you being so focused on the next day. Like that yeah. game. Like you weren't thinking about your rookie year being like rookie kicker of the year. Obviously you had those goals, right? You weren't yeah. thinking about winning a Super Bowl. Like you were so hyper-focused on the Seahawks and your process and your warm-up and your routine and making that kick. And I think, you know, for our guys, for business, for family, it's like focus on where you're at. Be where your feet are. Do all the little things. Focus on the process. And again, like you'll get to where you want to get to as long as, again, directionally you're aligned with where you want to be as long as as long as the little steps the the where your feet are planted are are in line with your direction 100 percent. so like you have these long-term goals but yep. you need to make sure that what you're doing day in day out you're it's walking the same you. direction like i can't have these lofty goals and then be walking this way like the the day in day out needs to match up with the long-term direction so i think even when you talk about investing things like that like yep 
you don't need to have tons of money to invest. It's like, if you want that to do your thing, like hundred percent, 10 bucks here, I'm 10 bucks aside to do this. Or like, you're just making sure that Direct the small and simple goals yeah. are going in the same direction as what your long-term goals are. Love it. Love it, Maddie. Yeah. To wrap Appreciate up, you. we've asked this to a handful of guests. We'll tweak the question a little bit. If you had to leave one young person or, or, or teenager or young adult, whatever the case is, with one principle, you've got 45 seconds, you're riding an elevator with them, you know, someone recognize you, oh, are you Matt Gay, Super Bowl champion? <laughs> and you had to say like one 45 second elevator pitch for like something that you think is gonna be impactful and helpful for the direction of that young person's life. You had to leave them with one truth, one principle, one thing that's guided you and never failed. Like what, what would you leave with that person? Oof, that's a good question. Um, play golf. Play golf. Lots early yeah. <laughs> young from a young age play golf start now start now um i think what i would tell someone who's young is life's hard it's not fair work hard believe in yourself and and, and just keep pushing because i think so many people think the world's against them so many people think they're like oh why'd this happen to me it's hard man life's hard you're going to get problems a lot. And the faster you can learn to deal with problems and deal with your emotions and understand that that stuff happens, but you just keep working, keep pushing hard. And when you do that, you work through stuff, you become stronger. Those problems necessarily don't become easier, but you become stronger and you'll set yourself up. If you can learn how to deal with that, you'll set yourself up for life. Like that, that's everything in life is working hard, doing stuff you don't want to do. I think is a, is another thing too. Like you may not want to get up early and work out. You may not want to do these things, but you can learn how to do it anyway and do these things. Is like that mental toughness will carry into business relationships, your marriage, parenting. Um, but yeah, I think that life's not fair. You can do all the work and still lose. You can do everything right and, and lose to someone who didn't do it, you know, didn't do the work and, and they won. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you didn't do what was right. Like you still, you followed your process. You did what was right. You put the work in and uh, eventually, eventually it'll pay off. Just keep putting the work in and keep working hard. Love that. Matt, wait, we really appreciate you coming on, dude. This has been fun. Appreciate it. Uh, hopefully till next year, you know, when obviously yeah. you're wearing another Super Bowl ring and you know, we're, we're doing it again, but Hey, game by game, game, game by, by game. game, game by game. Matt, we appreciate you, man. Uh, anything else Easton? Well, as for this episode of the landing pad, we out. Are-